so stupid, he comes across in front of me every single time he ever takes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! Now with fewer microtransactions, welcome back to Motorsport 101. What do you mean I can't tell them all about my new surprise mechanic? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to episode 199 of Motorsport 101. Oh, yes! <laughs> so close. Oh my god, we're, we're, we're at 199 already, may the good lord help us all. Um, <laughs> it's going to be an absolutely heaped show, we're going to be blasting through so many different series, we've got a lot to get through on this week's show we'll also have some fun stuff some silly season stuff um and details on episode 200 which will be coming very very shortly we'll talk about that in our general housekeeping in a minute but in the meantime we'll introduce you to the rest of the panel as always mr ryan king is here hello sir yes we're doing we're doing it for travis today episode 199 that's rally cross legend travis pastrana mind you ah <laughs> uh, yes the man, the myth, the legend that is Travis. Beautiful. <laughs> um, and of course, from Nashville's finest, Mr. RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. I don't know how long I'm going to be Nashville's finest if uh, if somehow I decide that my salary is worth sufficient enough that it can be dumped to New Jersey so that you can sign a four-star forward, a five-star morning. No, I'm not angry about the PK Subban trade. Let's move on. <laughs> He's not mad about it at all, people. Honestly. Um, <laughs> just like everybody, just like everybody is totally not mad. Nobody is mad at all about the USA celebrating all those, all thirteen of those goals against Thailand. They're definitely not mad about it. We got, we got two goals today, both of them penalties. Ooh, I'm worried. <laughs> mm, Megan Rapinoe. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she doesn't uh, play for your team, Dre. <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't oh, play dear. for England. What? What else was the implication? <laughs> <laughs> what rainbow colored hair? No. Um, God, I wish. Lilac's good. I wish I was <laughs> me. Lilac is good enough on this occasion, I believe. Uh, <laughs> listen, if I'm if our friend from f formerly of Cody's Christina can fap about it on on on, on social media, <laughs> I can too. Not that literally, mind you. <laughs> oh dear. We've got so much to get through this, on this episode. We have a Formula 1 French Grand Prix that happened. Um, you, never, you know it's not a good sign when there was literally like only two bullet points in the section. And one of them was, and I quote, Ferrari is red, Williams are blue, the competition is faster, Mercedes won too. Um... Also, uh, we'll be talking about the Formula 2 and Formula 3 races at Paul Ricard as well, including how one man somehow got nine penalty points in a single race. Don't ask me how. We'll find out in about half an hour's time. We'll also be going across the pond to Road America for the IndyCar Grand Prix of Road America, where Alex Rossi laid an almighty beat him down for the Super ages. beat him down! 
That that might not even be high enough up the scale. A 28 and a sec and a half second victory at Road America over the rest of the field. When Alex Rossi wins, he wins well. Um, <laughs> well, we also be talking about Scott Dixon's miracle comeback and Polter to Colton Herter, who made more history getting in the wars once again. A quick interlude back across the pond to all superbikes in Masado as wait. Jonathan Ray won both feature races? Okay. That really shouldn't be as surprising as it sounds, but there's some context behind it. Trust me. Um, including a brilliant last lap fight on race two as well with motorcycle racing second favourite Turk. As well as that, we'll be going back to Bern for the Formula E Prix as well as uh, John Eric Vern extended his championship lead and effectively put one hand on the title in a tense, changeable conditions well, shall we say bottleneck in Bern uh, of a, of a oh, race? Say More that on again. that later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all of that and the news as well. And a big week ahead as well. A doubleheader for Formula One and MotoGP. Formula One heading to, heading to the hills of screaming for Austria and MotoGP in one of, if not the blue ribbon round of the calendar, Assen. Oh, yes. I cannot wait for this. It's going to be awesome. Places you can find us real quick. We are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Uh, we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. And if you'd like to find our personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, and at RJ O'Connell. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows. $10 gets you early access and access to our supporters club on Discord where you can listen to these shows live as they go out. Once again, a massive audience in the Discord chat for this one. Shoutouts to Henry, Toki, James, Jason. Uh, Cam's here, Steve's here, Brian is here, Charles is here, and Vikesh is here. Hello, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Now, a couple of extra special announcements I, I would like to get through before we get into the meat and potatoes of this week's show. First of all, you've been asking for it. What's happening with episode 200? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I can exclusively reveal that episode 200 of Motorsport 101 will be live Woo! on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Episode 200 will be live streamed on there with me, RJ King, maybe even some special guests as well. We'll see by the time we, we do this. It'll be on Tuesday, July 2nd, everybody. Tuesday, July the 2nd, and it'll be at 8.30 p.m. British time. So 8.30 p.m. British time, Thursday, July 2nd, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, and a special format for episode 200 as well because we are readdressing one of our most famous episodes of our of our, of our early of our early days um as well it's well, not we, the one we, that involves a Matt verstappen and Ayrton senna is it <laughs> oh god no no booty calls will be involved in the duration of this podcast um but <laughs> but uh no uh we'll be readdressing our top 10 grand prix drivers of all time list that we did, I believe, back on episode 8, nearly five years ago, in back in 2014, and it was just me and some guy called Ryan King you may have heard of on Twitter somewhere. Um, we are readdressing this, but it's going to be a special format. Me, King, 
and RJ will each be submitting our own top 10 lists. We're going to submit them to King in private, and we are not going to know the full running order until live on the show itself. Obviously, there'll be breakdowns, discussions, and debates all through that as the show goes on, but we will not know the fi- Only King will know the final list uh, when we go live itself on Thursday, July 2nd. So it's going to be a very, very interesting episode where there's bound to be discussion, debates, and who knows what else, quite frankly, on episode 200 of Motorsport 101. As I said, live on YouTube, motorsport101.com, as well as youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, that'll be 8.30pm British time, Tuesday, July 2nd. Um, so that should be awesome. Also, one more thing I'd like to mention as well, and I got special permission from one of our deep friends to give this a signal boost. And it was it regards longtime friend and guest of the of the show, Sarah Connors. And she and I I feel like us, the Motorsport 101 community, mm-hmm. can plug in. For those guys who don't know Sarah very well, um, she's been a, they've a been guest they've on been our going show. through uh, they've they've been a guest on her show many times, and they're yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. going through uh, they're they're having gender reaffirming affirming surgery very soon, and they have mm-hmm. a uh, fundraiser. We'll post a link to it in the episode description as well. Absolutely. It'll be on their yeah. Twitter at Sarah underscore Connors. Uh, if you have something to give. Um, I would very much appreciate it because without them, um, without us becoming friends, ironically, over Alexander Rossi's Formula One debut many, many moons ago, (laughs) there would never have been the sequence of events that would have led me and so many of us here to where we are today. Indeed, um, they are one of the sweetest, kindest people that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting through the medium of M101 and me on the internet in general covering this crazy sport with four wheels, sometimes two, and um, they need all the help they can get for this because I don't think you need me to tell you if anyone knows the, the United States healthcare system, you don't. Th- I don't think you need me to tell you that it's, shall we say, lacking in certain right. areas. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> Anything you can you can spare, if anything you can signal boost, um, that would be incredibly helpful. So again, as as RJ alluded to, I will leave a link in the description um, of this episode. I will mention it on our Twitter as well, and I will we'll do whatever we can to spread the word because they are a very 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 valued and loved member of this community. And if there's anything we can do to help. Um, then I believe that's what we should do as as friends and as family here on this podcast because that means everything to us, especially me. And um, yeah, let's let's do what we can for a very very good friend. Um, so, and of course, you know, I, well, I I personally, on behalf of everybody here, will make will make a donation as well. And if anyone from the M101 community can help out, if you if you're a Patreon backer, if you're a supporter of ours, if you're a, if you're a listener, please 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 signal boost this because they've been a valuable contributor to our show in the past and i'm sure they probably will be for many many episodes to come so Mm. if you can help out please 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 do thank you very much on behalf of me everyone at m101 and of course and of course corners as well so anything anything you guys can spare i'd be we all as as, as a community here on m101 would be very very grateful Mm. 
Thank you. Off this quick musical interlude, we'll be back to talk about... Ah, oh, crap, it's the French Grand Prix. <laughs> Can we just talk about Carlin's War? <laughs> I, I wish we could. It would be way more enjoyable and wholesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. Well, that happened. Four minutes two, everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, like, some cars went around the track for shall we say um uh 53 laps and in the end lewis hamilton won what a common scene um these days but um whew. guys let's cut to the chase mm. this was this was a bit of a stinker no mm, yeah this had this had all the disappointment of china with none of the pomp and pageantry of it being the thousandth race oh god and, and to be fair, pomp and pageantry is like kind of like a stretch here for that race in the first place, because <laughs> there wasn't any, unless you, unless you consider Karun Chanhok sitting on the Legends panel in a giant gold banner. Unless you, prosperity yeah, for unless you consider the dry, the tricolor gorilla that was cribbed from Dover's monster Miles the monster uh, <laughs> to be pomp and pageantry, or you know the jetpack guy. The jetpack guy was the highlight of the race. Everything else you could just skip. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, as Cam puts in the Discord, some silver ones went round it faster than all the others. Like, it's it's rare that we have a Grand Prix that there is this little to talk about. We will probably find a way to stretch this out to half an hour anyway, because it's us. <laughs> but Lewis Hamilton qualified on pole position, you know, fairly comfortably, was a, just under three-tenths of a second advantage over his teammate Valtteri Bottas. Charles Leclerc and Max Verstappen on the second row. Vettel had a had a some sort of dodgy upshift on his first Q3 run. Had only had one crack at it um, in 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 Q3. Would, would be forced to qualify in seventh. In between, oh, actually, actually, so say behind both McLarens who locked out row three. Lando Norris and Cardiff Signs Junior. We one of the biggest surprises of the season so far. Both McLarens on row three. Hooray for! The new and improved McLaren boys. Yes, thanks, um, Andreas. They got a they got a great start. Yes, Andreas Seidel's third race as team director, and they're getting a good start. And unlike last year, they're actually sustaining it and getting better. It's kind of amazing, that isn't it? I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about McLaren in a bit, but race start fairly straightforward. Um, in fact, I'm pretty darn sure, looking at my screen, all four guys in the front held position, um, <laughs> and. It's amazing because by the time Sebastian cleared both McLarens, um, he was already like 15 seconds off the lead. <laughs> the field spread was just insane through here. It was ugly, to say the least. The most drama we had in the first half of the race was from one Sergio Perez. Um, <laughs> Perez, who was knocked off wide going into, I think it was turn three, um, had to go across the uh, abrasive section, had to go round the penalty zone, um, and then had to re-enter the track. The problem with that was was that when he re-entered the track, he entered in front of, I think it was Kevin Magnussen's car, and as a result, he had a, what was that? Oh, yeah, a five-second time penalty for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. Hmm. Hmm. No comment. No, 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 no comments, indeed. I, I love how we've already forgotten the unsafe uh, rejoin controversy that happened during Friday practice. Oh, oh that one. The, the the one where, was it Hamilton and Verstappen, yes. wasn't it? 
And uh, luck, like again, they like apparently both both drivers in question was called to the stewards, and they had a gentleman's agreement um, to basically let it go because I think it was said that Hamilton probably didn't see Verstappen coming. I believe that's what the uh, general uh, gist of it was. Like, have I got that wrong? I think that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, um, I, I would have been. I wouldn't have been surprised if they just like it's free practice, fair play. Yeah, well, that's the one you should probably just let go, quite frankly. But how many times does Mercedes have to bend the rules and not get penalised? Seriously, this keeps happening. I'm not salty, honestly. Um, it's Lewis Hamilton, it never happened. Um, <laughs> essentially. But uh, no, well, you know, race itself um, apparently was a cure for insomnia. Um, from what I remember correctly, um, I may or may not have napped for about 10 laps in the middle of it. I'll be honest, um, I'll be honest, I was watching the race with my boyfriend, and we just decided to duck out about halfway and play more Forza Horizon 4. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, my review of the race, the LEGO Speed Champions pack, the DLC, is awesome mm. and well worth your purchase. I give it four and a half stars out of five. I give this race uh, one gorilla statue out of ten. Yikes. <laughs> like, honestly, it's like... <laughs> That nothing happened in this race. Like honestly, until the final laps or so, like the most thrilling thing on track was who was going to win the fight for I think for eighth place between Hulkenberg and Raikkonen on an overcut. I'm not making this up. That was legitimately part of the highlight package. Lance Stroll didn't stop until right till the end of the race. Apparently that highlight was so forgettable, I even forgot what place it for. Apparently it was 7th. Thanks, Cam. <laughs> um, again, just proving my point, really. Um, <laughs> um, and we, we had... We, guys, we ha we did have a late virtual safety car. That was oh. nice. Oh, Albon clipped a bollard. It fell out onto the track. They had to call a VSC for about 20 seconds when a brave marshal ran across the track to collect the bollard. To, uh, according to one Luke Smith, uh, rapturous applause in the media booth, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, ma almost, no matter how just... much of a dud a race is, the marshals always bust their ass to make these races happen. So yes. thank you, marshals. Yes, thank you, marshals, and I'm glad that the media box approved. Um, there was like a 15-second virtual safety car, but apparently it screwed over Valtteri Bottas, whose tyres lost temperature, and then he couldn't get them back again, and Charles Leclerc reeled him in, and uh, on the final lap of the race, uh, Leclerc even tried a, a desperate last corner lunge on Valtteri, but wasn't able to go through. Merckx, one and two. Hamilton wins. Valtteri, second. Um, their fifth one-two of the season. Their 50th as a team. Um, um, and uh, everybody went home to sleep afterwards. Like, King, you know it's a bad one when even the drivers, after they've jumped out of the cars, were barely celebrating. Yeah, where it's like, we... if You, you know, they, they did not have a fun time because they didn't celebrate because they felt like they didn't race anyone, that they were just out there doing laps. It was a time attack. That's what this was. It was like a... It was a time trial. Like, I, I love that um, one of the big um, little off-track celebrations was it was just the great Sir Jackie Stewart's 80th birthday. Happy birthday, Sir Jackie. Uh, <laughs> and why just, didn't they have everybody wearing, like, all tartan everything? Just have, like, tartan <laughs> caps did. and tartan pants? Oh, they did. Well, awesome. Yeah, why? They did. Why wasn't just, like, a Matra throwback race? I know, right? <laughs> we'll, just, we'll, we'll bring back March, just for the weekend. No, Matra. Um, 
It's just that too. Um, but no, like during the driver's parade, they then and it's in the driver's photo. They all wore tartan caps, which was nice. Excellent. Loved it. I loved it too. And. Uh, also, they, they had Jackie and Park Fermi in the back as well, and uh, there was a great joke on Twitter where he's literally uh, petting Charles Leclerc and saying, what's this all about? His hair's not even sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, just kind of says it all about this race, really. Um, and Lewis in the background was joking, yes, yeah, because he's, he's got like 15 years on us. <laughs> Rem- remembering everybody that Charles Leclerc is like almost 14 years younger than Lewis Hamilton, which is a terrifying thought and makes me feel old as fuck um but uh yeah crazy that that was a that was a thing um that was pretty much everything that happened on that race outside of a pretty crazy last lap showdown there was a four car fight for seventh place um between Kimi Raikkonen and Nico Hulkenberg uh Lando Lando Norris um, and Daniel Ricciardo. Um, they are all fighting for seventh on the final lap, going down the Paul Ricard version of the Molsan. <laughs> all hell breaks loose. Ricardo runs Norris off the track. Norris, whose car is already crippled, um, due, I think it was to a, due to a damaged gearbox, I think it was. He was struggling with upshifts um, for pretty much the entire second half of the race. Um, he was struggling. Raikkonen was in the mix. Raikkonen tries a double overtake. He, okay, it was hydraulics. Thanks, Toki. Appreciate that. Um, but uh, like Raikkonen does, does a double overtake. He puts four wheels off the tarmac. Ricardo puts four wheels off the tarmac and runs Norris off wide. Ricardo runs off the track again to try and pass Raikkonen um, off the racing line, of like basically beyond the white line where track limits are normally enforced. Um, Holkenberg had to try and go the long way around. He had to back off in the end. Um, across the line, it, it, um, it, in the end, Raikkonen would finish in 7th, Hulkenberg 8th, Lando Norris was P10 with Ricardo 9th. However, after the race, Daniel Ricardo got two 5-second time penalties. One for running Lando Norris off the track and the other for leaving the track and gaining an advantage when he passed Kimi Raikkonen. Um, that would drop him down from 7th to 11th place and out of the points and would put Pierre Gasly back in for 10th. No regrets. He tried. <laughs> Rather have that than be a peasant and watch. That was literally Ricardo's now since deleted tweet regarding the situation after he found out that he was given a given a effectively a 10 second time penalty. Um, what was the Instagram comedy left? <laughs> um, you, you said, I think it was some of the lines of glad he could bring the entertainment. <laughs> oh lord. Daniel Ricardo has no uh, chill. Daniel Ricardo has no chill, but Daniel Ricardo also had two Stonewall penalties. Like, <laughs> it's like D- Daniel, you don't get to play the martyr when you br- when you blatantly know you're breaking the rules. Yeah, and he costs his team points, which are points in the constructors' championship, which you know cost the team millions of dollars. Right, like. I, I get it. Daniel want like, I get it. And I know that the, you know, the fangirl part of the internet is going to hate me for what I'm about to say. Ricardo does not get a free pass because he's likable. Okay. Like Ricardo cost his team a good stack of points in the, in that maneuver. I mean, you're talking the difference between no points and six points for seventh. That's significant. And he knew exactly what he was doing in both of those maneuvers. And 
as much as you may agree or disagree with the rules and the nature of how they are at the moment, if anything, the quite famous example from a fortnight prior should know you're probably best off not taking any chances on something like this. Because you're going to get caught. You, you don't think the stewards have that in the back of their minds after what happened in Canada? <laughs> like, they're going to be watching you like a hawk. Which, to be fair, they also missed Kimi Raikkonen. Also putting all four wheels off track in his overtake. But he wasn't penalised. Whoops. Um, <laughs> oh dear. And they wonder why I'm mad about stewarded inconsistencies. Um, so, but King, at least we had a highlight, right? Yeah, something. yeah. I mean, it was who did Kim, man. Who did Kimmy overtake during his overtake? Probably Hulkenberg yeah. and I think Ricardo. Hulkenberg. Uh, that, well, that that would have decided second in Formula One point five. It was either the the highlight. Honestly, was either Jetpack guy or it was the one kid screaming the French national album at the way too close to the microphone of the pre race. Those are your highlights. <laughs> oh yeah. Or Lando Norris headbanging before the race started. Oh lord. Like again. We, Driver we, of the, the day, is, Lando Norris. The, the the bar is so goddamn low for personality in F1. A guy headbanging in his car before a race start got like 15,000 retweets. <laughs> like, the bar is so low for personality here. I love it. It's, it's, it's hilarious, like, just how low the bar is. It, it's, it's basically on the floor. I like Lando Norris, but jeez. <laughs> we all know the man is basically a meme at this point. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, ah, well, you know, it's, uh, I love the Vic in the chat just goes, there's a bar for F1 personality? Uh, yeah, it's very low. God bless him. But uh, I must admit, it is nice to see some renewed optimism and, uh, and, and some, just some nice breath of fresh air coming out of the McLaren camp after years of mocking them for being poor and mediocrity. Um, and just generally dunking on them for the last three years. It's actually nice they're doing well, holding onto stuff, and have two very likable drivers in their team. Um, with 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 Uncle Zach, who's probably still licking his wounds from the IndyCar expansion effort. Um, they've been very vocal on social media since, and it's actually been quite nice, I guess, that uh, to see McLaren up the field. Yay? Look, I'm, I'm looking for stuff to talk about here, okay? I'm trying to stretch this out. <laughs> Let's run down the results, because there really wasn't much else to talk about from this F1 race. Like, really. Apart from, my God, Hamilton's hair is dreadful, and it's basically a, gr a giant screaming announcement to, it's time to come home, Lewis. Like, he, the, the King, have you seen it? The hairline is receding very quickly. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> he's just, just you know... Lean into it. It's time to come home, Lewis. It's time to... like You, you saw Tiger Woods come over when he won the Masters. Come on, now. <laughs> it's it's time to come home, Lewis. Th those, those dreads are a cry for help. <laughs> However, he did also win the race by 18 seconds. Um, a, a beat him down by Lewis Hamilton standards um, over Valtteri Bottas in second. Charles Leclerc ran off the podium in third, nine temps behind. The rare image of a car in another car's DRS zone. What a surprise. Max Verstappen in fourth, a very lonely race in uh, fourth, mostly because Sebastian Vettel in fifth had a fastest lap attempt. It's becoming the, new the bottom of the top five tradition now where the guy in fifth will go for a fastest lap run. I hate it. Um, and Vettel did it by two hundredths of a second over Lewis Hamilton's best race time, even though Vettel was on 
brand new soft tyres. Yeesh, not a good day at the office for Ferrari, to say the least. Another three and a five. Uh, but Sebastian Vettel did get the fastest lap. He gets the bonus point for that and actually denied Hamilton the Grand Slam, which I thought was uh, hilariously petty. I may or may not have screamed, that's for Canada, you son of a bitch, <laughs> um, as, as that race was finishing. Um, so yeah, 11 points for Sebastian Vettel in fifth place. Carlos Sainz, the winner of the Formula 1.5 race in P6 um, with with 8 points. 7th, um, Kimi Raikkonen. 8th, Nico Hülkenberg. Lando Norris, who, as RJ alluded to, driver of the day, dealing with his bad hydraulics in ninth. Great result for McLaren in general. And due to Ricardo's penalties dropping him to 11th place, it put Pierre Gasly back in the points. Guys, are we calling Co Brown on Gasly yet? The only trouble is now... If you are worried about Red Bull, who do you get to replace him? They're not going to they're not going to bring Daniel Kvyat up to face the man who nearly put him out of work. Are they? I think they I might. Don't, I, I don't think Dr. Marco's got the ego for that. I like 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 would he have the ego to admit he essentially got it wrong on Kvyat that badly? Or they just call up Albon. <laughs> yeah, Al- or they just caught up Albon who I'm not entirely convinced is ready for prime time yet. Yeah, it's just like if, if Albon would suffer the same fate, I fear. Because again, this is a team that is built entirely around Mats, almost by Mats, and for Mats. So, that's what I'm saying. It's like, this is the this is the decision that Red Bull made when they decided to put the entire house on Max Verstappen. And Verstappen's held up his part of the deal magnificently so far this season. The problem is literally everything else. Um, so, uh, yeah, that'll be fun to keep an eye on. I hope PS sticks around, but the performances are not of the caliber of what Red Bull are aiming for. I think that kind of goes without saying. Tenth is not good enough for a team of that caliber, and there's just no getting around it. I know he was on the soft race tire, which was by no means the, the optimal race tire at all. We all knew that, but still not a great day at the office for Pierre Gasly. Daniel Ricciardo, 11th. Checo, who again had a five-second time penalty for his... Off-track excursions finished in 12th, ahead of his teammate Lance Stroll in 13th. Then the two Toro Rossos, Daniel Kvyat and Alex Albon, who did have a couple of fun overtakes in there, in 14th and 15th. Antonio Giovinazzi in 16th. Come on, Gio, please. You caught up. You made Q3. Come on, Gio. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't want to see you get cut. You're a good boy. Oh, dear. And uh, a disastrous weekend for Haas, down in 17th for Kevin Magnussen. And uh, who, uh, Gunther Steiner, who uh, admitted worst weekend for the history of the team, he reckons. Um, which, you know, probably isn't wrong. I mean, Grosjean had a had a water pump failure in Q, in in in, uh, in F in uh, FP1, and uh, they've not recovered. They have fallen off a cliff quite badly here. Um, K Mag in 17th. The two Williams, Robbie Kubica and George Russell. Kubica finishing ahead of Russell, which is nice to see. And also, apparently some brilliant overtakes that were not seen during the hard camera. <laughs> Thanks, every- Thanks, director. I really appreciate it. Apparently they had a brilliant scrap that nobody got to see because for the first time all season, uh, Kubica and Russell were kind of on equal terms. And of course, Grosjean had the only retirement of the day um, in 20th and at the back of the field. So, championship standings. I will pull them up just a second. We're here. done here, folks. Is the uh, is the basic summary of these standings? Yeah, be, 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 be. that's all, folks. 
Um, it's also the short version of saying that Lewis Hamilton has a 36-point lead now on Valtteri Bottas after his, his sixth win in the last... In, in, he's, he's won six out of eight already, and Hamilton normally struggles in this part of the calendar. Six out of eight, and he's not finished a race lower than second. Good Lord, help us all. Valtteri Bottas in second. He's 40 points ahead of Sebastian Vettel in third on 111 points. Um, uh, Max Verstappen fourth on 100. Charles Leclerc on 87 in fifth. Then Pierre Gasly, who is 50 points behind Charles Leclerc on 37. He's only 11 points ahead of Carlos Sainz, who's now the clear Formula 1.5 leader by seven after his best finish of the year so far in sixth. Um, Kimi Raikkonen on 19, Ricardo on 16, as well as Raikkonen, Hulkenberg also on 16, K-Mag on 14, as is uh, Lando Norris, um, and then Checo on 13, and Kvyat on 10. Constructor standings, count them everybody, a 140 point lead for Mercedes after 8 races. Whew, oh lordy. Oh, Lordy. We could be looking at an 800-point season from Mercedes the way this is going. Shoot for the record, y'all. <laughs> Why not, right? If you're going to beat them down that bad, you might as well go all the way with it, right? You know, it's just fuck it. At this point. Take so, inspiration yeah. from Carly Lloyd and Alex Morgan. <laughs> Sounds good. 140-point lead on Ferrari. Ferrari have 198. Um, Red Bull again in no man's hand on 137. Renault still leading the best of the... Actually, Renault are no longer leading the best of the rest chase because McLaren's overtaken them. Renault are now behind the satellite. Oh, dear. McLaren are now fourth on 40 points ahead of Renault on 32. King, get your mans. Um, <laughs> basically, at this point. Um... They're on 32. Racing Point, who failed to score, are in only now tying for sixth ahead of Alfa Romeo on countback. Um, they're also on 19 points. Toro Rosso on 17 points in eighth. And Haas, who've dropped all the way to ninth place now on 16 points, only ahead of Williams, who are still yet to score and have not even cracked the top 14 yet. Sigh. We'll be back this weekend for Formula One in the hills of Austria. Who's excited? Uh, I'm excited for Formula Two. Look at that. that should be fun. <laughs> Hell of a segue. Oh. Yeah, go on, RJ. All right. Formula Two happened. Yes, we had uh we had we had Sergio sets a camera on pole position for the feature lace, but it didn't matter because they call him to freeze! And he's speeding on from fourth on the grid to first and eventually the feature race victory. But this race had carnage all the way from the start because both Prima cars of Sean Galeo and, and uh, Mick Schumacher had a bit of an ouchie on the opening lap, as did Nikita Mazep and Roush Boshung, and by the end of the second lap, Dorian Bocalacci had also retired, and this uh, and this was after a, after a long, long red flag period to clean up all of the mess, King. Yes, but uh, it will become important later. Someone didn't get caught up in the melee because his, because his car got stalled on the grid, and that was the car of one Mahavir Raganathan. Oh, boy. Um... Folks, I think it's time we talk about this one. Oh dear. What happened? Mahavir Ragunathan 
managed to do something that no other driver, not even in Formula One's managed to do. I'm asking nine penalty points in a single race and being banned from the next round of the championship in Austria. Yikes. <sighs> How on earth do you get nine penalty points in a single race? Well, it happens when you infringe all three virtual safety car procedures, according to a statement from the championship. Yes. Each of the three times virtual safety car was deployed during the race, Mahavir failed to fail to fall within the Delta time. I mean, granted, I know that shit is especially infuriating to do in any Codemasters video game. F1 2019, available this week on most on PS4, Xbox 360, <laughs> and PC, but come on now! And you do it that, three that, times in a race! That's incredible. Like, that is the act of a man who does not know what he's doing. That, that's, oof. I, 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 I... I the joke stopped being funny some time ago. It's like the man has no business being in Formula Two. I agree. When you don't even when you don't even know the rules mm -hmm. of what you're getting yourself into, you shouldn't be here. Simple as that. It's at that point you're a danger not only to yourself but other people around you. And it's 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 unsafe. It's incompetent. It it, it shouldn't be happening. Quite frankly, just as, just as simple as that. As far as I'm concerned. And it's confusing because, like, he's clearly there for his money, but nobody knows where the money comes from. So where? Yeah. So why is he here? It's not like big open single-seater GP championship, no offense, is the pinnacle stepping stone up to Formula <laughs> 2. No, it's not. It feels like he's, he's called in a favor on mates rates. Right. That's what it feels like. Right. And think about, like, other Formula 2 drivers we've ragged on before. Guys like Johnny Chicato Jr. at his worst, or Sergio Canamasis, or Sean Galeo at his worst. And, you know, they're at least competent enough and quick enough that they can be competitive on their day. Mahavir is dangerously slow. He's slow and dangerous. Yeah. It's like, it's one thing to just be slow out there. It's another thing when you can't be you can't follow the virtual safety car procedure i'd much rather have carmen yorda on my team than mahavir rangunathan that's not even a hot take for exaggeration that's a straight up fact yeah just follow the rules bro just follow the rules like if you can't do that you're not fit to be in a racing car as far as i'm concerned because that's just that's just dangerous on on every level and uh that should not be a thing and it was and uh yeah Joke's over. I don't want to see him back in that race car again. I know there's 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 hinted at rumors that Artem Markolov might be coming back. Call forth the entertainment. Well, because he's banned uh, from he's banned from competing in Austria, just Austria. Yeah, he's just banned for the round, which again counts constitutes both races. So yeah, he's you know you don't even need me to explain. But uh, call forth the entertainment. I want Artem Markolov back for a one-off exhibition in Austria. Maybe another double overtake at the hairpin, please. <laughs> Callum Island made a good move in the feature race around uh, Nicholas Latifi around the chicane, but bumped into Novahar Matsusha, and his race effectively oh. was over from there. Um, so that was unfortunate. Not Nobby. Nah. Yeah, so it was, uh, so it was uh, DeVries winning, uh, and Sergio set to camera, holding off Jack Aitken uh, to take uh, second place with... Reverse grid pole position in eighth place going to Antoine Hubert, who cleaned it up in the sprint race and won on his home event. 
the chat is begging for you to talk about a certain uh, chicken-sponsored son of the podcast. Oh, I assume they wanted us to go more in-depth about the first lap incident. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, it was well, definitely care... King, what did you make of it? Uh, I... You know, he just went too deep in the corner, locked up, and took out his teammate. There's, like, nothing further to go in-depth about it. I saw people react on social media saying that he should be facing a race ban. Uh, Why is he even in the series? Because, you know, I I think it's mainly due to him taking out his teammate, who is Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying there there might be some emotional investment in that? (laughs) Just a bit. Then... There might be some emotional investment in, in, in Mick Schumacher from fans of the internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that this mm. weekend didn't get much better for Mick Schumacher because he retired from both races. Yeesh. Oh, yeah. dear. Not, 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 not pretty. Like, Sean Bill needs to calm down because that's the second time he's had a silly incident this season. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it was Antoine Hubert and Juan Manuel Correa getting another sprint race podium in second place, doing it for America, and Guan Yu Zhao on the podium in the sprint race in third. Vries ultimately Oof. sagged to a 10th place finish. Um, going through the championship standings, Nick DeVries now has a 12-point lead over Nicholas Latifi after five race meetings, 121-109. to Jack Aitken is third in the championship at 85, and that weekend with a second and a fifth propels Sergio Sete Camera to fourth ahead of Guan Yu Zhao, the top rookie, and fifth, Luca Giotto sits, Antoine Hubert seventh, Juan Manuel Correa eighth, Louis Delatraz in ninth, and Jordan King in 10th. Mick Schumacher, by the way, is now 15th and behind Artem Markalov, who has only done one race meeting, maybe two. Yikes. Oh, Mick. Maybe maybe one year too soon for a, a promotion of this magnitude. We'll see. Formula 3 real quick, Audrey? Yeah, Formula 3 happened. Um, I This was good, entertaining stuff. I got to watch some of it while I was at work. Um, Jay Andorvalo won race one. Again, it's not really so much a... Well, it is, uh, it's still the feature in sprint race format that you know and love from GP3 in years past. But Jay Andorvalo won, I guess, the feature, um, as Jake Hughes was in contention for a podium, but was spun out of contention and did not finish a real shame because he'd been having a good race. And Robert Schwartzman picked up the points in the sprint race, took the victory, and now comes away with a 12-point lead in the standings over Daravala. I, did, I didn't get to see much of this, but I did get to see Schwartzman put off some sick moves. Yeah, Bro. yeah, <laughs> Schwartzman's pretty good. I think uh, I think if we're worried about where the next Russian prospect for F1's coming from, uh, Schwartzman could be that dude. Fun times. Fun times indeed. So, uh, Formula 1. Don't watch it. Um, watch the support races instead. They were way better. Um, which is the general pattern for Formula 1 these days anyway, quite frankly. But uh, no, this really was a stinker. You don't need to watch anything more than the six minutes of YouTube highlights that's on the official F1 YouTube channel. For your own sakes, for God's sake, don't be a cam and go <laughs> out of your way to watch it as a hobby. You silly shit. Don't, don't be that. Forget it ever happened. Um... <laughs> After this musical interlude, while I get the Men in Black-style forgetful Ray out, after that, uh, we'll talk about IndyCar, The Road America. 
I'm sorry, what were we talking about? Um, Some junior guys had a race around France somewhere. Uh, oh, you're, are good. you talking about the Women's World Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll oh, yeah, that. Sweden we'll just won one nothing. Yeah. Shocked the world. Hmm, nice. <laughs> Still Stan Alex Morgan. Right. <laughs> That's a joke from, like, episode 18. If you've been around for a long time, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> IndyCar's Grand Prix at Road America. And, you know, what a great main event segment to start the show with. Um, <laughs> we, and and we got to talk about uh, one Alex Rossi and a, uh, not only a normal, not only a super, but an ultra beat him down. Um, as uh, Toki pointed out, he, as I quote, bent the field over a table with no lube. Y'all, um, y'all thought the Long Beach win was something? Y'all, check this shit out. A 28 and a half second margin of victory. He was tired of finishing behind Penske, so he just blew him away. Yeah, completely destroyed him. Uh... Will Power set the table and then Daddy came home. That's what that was. Um, it was, it was a beating. A, it wasn't. It was <laughs> to quote John Boys. It was an unholy clobbering. Um, he led fifty-four out of the fifty-five laps and won the race by twenty-eight point five seconds. An average. An average of half a second a lap, given it was a fifty-five lap race. In a glorified spec series. Utterly, utterly insane victory for Maddox Rossi. He took the lead, at, uh, effectively at, at turn one, over Colton Herter, who made history to, to become IndyCar's youngest ever pole sitter at just 19. Congrats to Colton Herter on that, who now has the youngest pole and race win records already. But Alex Rossi was like, it's time to come home. Went around the outside of turn one, never looked back, <laughs> basically. Um, he was gone. G-O-N, gone. And uh, it quickly became a fight for second. Um, but, King, what a beating that was. <laughs> yeah, it was It was otherworldly. But, I. oh, his, his title hopes look very bright. But absolutely, a certain Ganassi driver looks like today should have been a bad day. But he's effectively the Terminator; nothing can stop him. Yeah, jeez. I mean, again, Rossi. Rossi obviously dominated the race, but one man stole the show, and it was the Ice Man himself, Scott Dixon. Um, Dixon, who was bumped um, out wide um, through turn five. Um, on the opening lap, he was there was contact between him and Hunter Ray. He was spun off, um, off off that corner and um, had to. He lost you know, about 20, 30 seconds. Fell to the back of the field. Was ten seconds off the chasing group um, as that was happening. No, no, no. Um, yeah, it was thirty seconds back. By the end of lap one, he caught. He made the gap back up to ten seconds instead of thirty. What? Dun 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 How dun, is that? dun dun dun. How many corners did he cut? (laughs) (laughs) How many pancakes were promised from Emma? That's what I want to know. (laughs) 
I'd, I'd say at least 17, one that's probably been featured on Man vs. Food in some way. <laughs> the tall stack. Like some, like, some, like some sort of ridiculous eating challenge that Adam Richman had to go through. Um, that's how many pancakes I think we're talking about here. Um, because, holy shit, what an unbelievable performance by Scott Dixon that was. He closed in on the back of the chasing group, picked them off one by one, got through the carnage of the latter stages as well when he was in a thick battle for the podium with Joseph Newgarden, Graham Rahal, James Hinchcliffe and Colton Herter and would eventually finish in fifth. Um, I, I don't know how Scott kicked that, how Scott does this. I, I, I don't... How? I want answers. I here's, wish I had answers. No, here's the thing, because... This reminded people of his comeback drive at Portland that ultimately sealed up the championship. There's one key difference. All of this was under green flag conditions. He did not have the help of a safety car to get all this ground back. Yeah. This was a cautionless race. This There was not a single lap of yellow in the entire race. It was a cautionless run-in. No safety um, car, no full course yellow, because that isn't even the rules anyway, but that's beside the point. He did it on raw pace alone. Dun, 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 dun. He doesn't turn 40 until next year, I believe. Scott Dixon is ageless. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a critical fifth place that would keep him only 94 points away from the championship league. Dixon has always said, as long as I'm within 100 points, I still feel like I've got a chance. What an almighty performance that was from Dixon to chop through the field and eventually finish in the top five. I, 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 I know it's a cliche term, but it was a real champion's drive from from Scott Dixon and uh, magnificent performance, um, all told. Um, a, a very, very fun Grand Prix. Oh, especially um, the last things- two laps. Colton Herta found himself oh, in all the action. Colton was in the wars. He started from pole. He dropped to second. He made a couple of errors. He was passed by power. Dropped to third. Um, he was, but the main issue with Colton was he had a a, a, a refueling error in the pits on on uh, one of his runs, and uh, he fell. I think back down to I think eighth place, and had to come back. It was a very same, very similar issue as to the one that hit. Um, Alex Rossi at the 500, um, which may have cost him the 500 victory um, in the end. Um, but yeah, Herter was in the wars, and he's his tires completely fell off the cliff at the end of the race, where he was be- like, he was so loose, as the Americans would say on commentary, um, sliding all over the place. His tires were completely gone. He was desperate to try and hang on. I love that when he was passed. Um, by by Rail, he was determined to try and fight back immediately. Herta is a scrapper, and he is fun, and that was a a great effort. Shame it was in eighth place, but a a like a, a sign that with Herta, um, Kota was no fluke. This kid is extremely talented, um, and he's only going to get better. Which, given he's only nineteen already, is terrifying. Um, quite frankly, but uh, yeah, a magnificent performance. Uh, from Colton in eighth. It's a shame that there, there wasn't more to show for it. Um, um, really, uh, I, again, I, I wish there was there was more for him on that one. Just wasn't his day in that sense. Um, very quietly in second place, Will Power, um, who literally said after the race that that's the best we had. <laughs> um, he said that there was nothing more in the car, and he finished twenty eight point four seconds behind the winner. <laughs> 
How often do you say that about Will Power in a race he was largely running on, on his own? On a road course race. During his Penske tenure. Right. Right. Right, so fear up How another we... round of those Rossi to Penske rumors. Robin Miller was all over that. It was like, yeah, he's greased up the Rossi to Penske button specifically for this occasion. Um, we got the good butter out for this one. And uh, yeah, Rossi to Penske. I mean, it's like Miller makes this reference every year. Ex-driver um, going to Penske. <laughs> It's like if you're Penske, you've got no reason to budge any of your free drivers, and it looks oh, like they're not running. Oh, well, that's the thing is, it would most likely be a fourth car because they've said they're going to keep Pagano. They're saying, You're sure you're not going to run four cars that season? Uh, was basically the implication. And it basically, to him, it all depends on whether or not Napa's coming back to sponsor the 27. And if not, whether or not Honda is going to give them any freebies. But my point is. You're already the franchise player, and Andretti Autosport's not falling off the cliff yet. You're fine. Yeah, and it, it looks like Rossi's got some level of loyalty to Honda. If you're Honda, you're tying that guy down. As far as I'm concerned, like I, I as far as, if I'm Honda's executives, I'm going tie that man down and give him all the money you need to basically run shit, <laughs> because that is your best chance of a championship. Whose name isn't named Scott, quite frankly. Um, and if it's not Scott, it's that man, because Rossi is now in that, for me, that club of I can win anything, basically. Road, street, oval, does not matter. Alex Rossi's upside for me is the strongest of anyone in this series. Um, um, and it's like, if this was Ultimate Team, he gets the 99 pace stats, because in, in race trim, if he's on it, he's untouchable. If the consistency was there, he, he'd be winning eight races a year. Because his, his ultimate pace is sensational. Um, it's incredible. And just How did F1 least, pass I, him up but for five races at the end of 2015 were manor racing? Because Will the Lad Stevens had more funding. <sighs> yeah, that's true. The, the nature of an F1 team living hand-to-mouth at the time and needed all the money they That's true. That's very true. Yeah, and as, as Cam points out, it took Simon Pagano putting on one of the great 500 performances of, of, of modern times to win that 500 and beat Rossi that day, who was angry as fuck and had once already given Servia the bird at 230 miles an hour while driving one-handed. That's Alex Rossi. He drives angry, and uh, he is phenomenal, to, uh, to say the least. And as Steve points out in the chat, I'm in the same club of what... Toby Moody and Julian Ryder's head during Estorillo 6 when Tony Elias won and effectively denied Rossi the championship. Back the wagon up, <laughs> basically. It's like, Elias, if you can win this race, we will pay you in gold. <laughs> and then we'll stash it under the podium. Back the wagon up, basically. Um, and yeah, as Vic says, if Pagano put a wheel not wrong in the 500, Rossi wins it, quite quite frankly. Um, and yeah, I completely agree. Full run in order for, for IndyCar on this one. As mentioned, Rossi winning by 28.4 seconds over Will Power. Joseph Newgarden, a very quiet third in the end, but still vital championship points for him. Another podium for Joseph. Graham Rahal in fourth. Good drive from him. Uh, again, again, a bit quiet, but just solid all day. Good race car, and he'll take it. Um, fourth. Um, Scott Dixon, again, from the back of the field to fifth. Phenomenal job from Scott, and a phenomenal job by his teammate Felix Rosenquist, who went from 18th to 6th. Yes, <laughs> sealed sits place with a with a full front tire lock pass into turn five on Colton Herta to take sits place, and boy did he need that after we were dragging him through the coals after Detroit. Big balls, 
big balls um, from Felix on that one in sixth. James Hinchcliffe in seventh. He was a bit mad. He, he felt like he had a car that could have got on the podium. And wasn't quite to be. Uh, some hard racing, but he acknowledged that on the Instagram afterwards in the usual James fashion. He was seventh. Um, Colton Herter, again, was up and down in the walls all day long. Eventually finished in eighth. A very quiet night for Simon Paginot, but he says after the race that this is his bad spell over. He's going to three tracks he likes now, coming up soon. So that should be interesting um, from the guy that's third in the championship right now. Takuma, not now Sato, who was determined to take all the grass run-ins on overtake attempts. Why? Because Takuma Sato. Uh, like It was like bad Sato came back for a day. It wasn't so fun. Um, he was 10th. Hunter Ray 11th. Seb Bordet 12th. Marcus Eriksson, who was also um, in the gravel at one point in 13th. Spencer Piggott 14th. Jack Harvey 15th. Max Chilton, the last of the guys on the lead lap in 16th. Ahead of Pado Award. Zach Feach. Um, Santino Ferrucci. Matt Leist, Tony Kanaan, Ed Jones, and Marco Andretti, who had a mechanical failure and couldn't make it past lap 18. Also, PS, NBC, could we please stop with the Santino Ferrucci um, shaft working, please? It's it's kind of gross. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The 81 like, overall that everybody insists is an 89 if Electronic Arts would stop underrating him. Yeah, it's like he's the Deli Alley of, of, of IndyCar at this point. It's really weird. Um, but no, it's like, like again, pre-race, there was a big, long, old segment about Santino and how he had, he had a rough time in Europe. And I'm like, <laughs> if you actually said on the air why he effectively got booted out of Europe, you'd be... you'd be so embarrassed as to having to promote that shit... Like, you would be taken off the air. Like, let's call it, let's call Santino what he is. An unrepentant, unapologetic racist who got booted out of Europe for being a danger to himself and others and not being able to pay his bills. <laughs> That's the guy you want as the face of your series. Which is amazing, because I know IndyCar is mad insecure about American talent. Which is amazing, given its top two title contenders are two handsome, super-fast Americans. <laughs> one of them an Indy 500 winner, another one an Indy, Indy Series champion who are both under the age of 30. Look at Colton I just Herta. find it bog... Colton Herter has won a race, had a pole position, is 19 years old, and, in, and instead you feel like you have to boost up Santino Ferrucci. I don't understand NBC. I, I don't. It's like, this series is so insecure about having American stars when they're right there in front of them. They're spoilt for talent coming out of the US at the moment. It's it's ridiculous. And I've not even talked about how guys like Sage Karam and Quan Daly have impressed and they're some of the younger breed. Like, Jesus! <laughs> Ferrucci is not the guy. Like, as, as Elizabeth Elizabeth Blackstock quite rightly pointed out on uh, Jalopnik, the, the, the Ferrucci redemption arc can uh, fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> I had to get that one out off my chest real quick. Um, Stand-ins real quick as we uh, enter the, the chase as we get towards the end of the season now. Joseph Newgarden still leads the championship but only by seven points now on Alex Rossi. 402 to 395. Simon Pagano now a long way. 61 points back. It's quickly looking like it's turning into a 
two-horse race for this championship. Pagano third, Scott Dixon fourth, as mentioned at 94 points off the top, just barely staying in that double point range for the finale at Laguna Seca later this season. Will Power on 294 in fifth, Takuma not now, Sato in sixth on 292. Sato has two points less than Will Power this season. Weird. Weird. Hunter Ray in 7th on 271. Graham Rahal on 8th on 244. And then James Hinchcliffe in 9th on 216. And Felix is back in the top 10 on 209. It's almost like he's a good rookie or something. Yeah. Funny that. Yeah, funny that. Real funny that. IndyCar is back, I want to say, the week after? Yes, they are back. Um, the week after that, July 14th for the Honda Indy Toronto. We're just a couple of things I want to wrap up. First, the overnight ratings are in. Because it was on network television, it got a point nine. That's the highest oh, overnight nice. race for an IndyCar race, excluding the Indianapolis 500. Nice. We're almost into nice. the ones. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> Ryan Norman and Renus VK split the Indy Lights races. And go watch the Fast Forward, or if you have an NBC Sports Gold Pass, watch the whole thing back. It was a good time. Yep, IndyCar put the half an hour version up on YouTube already. It's already out there. Go watch it. It was a fun race. Um, see, kids, a race doesn't have to have a dominant winner for it to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just saying. Should we quickly um, try and quickly wrap up Walter Bikes before we move into the next section? Yes, sure. go on ahead. Yes, good idea. Walter Bikes was at Masano this past weekend, and uh, for race one, the heavens opened. <laughs> oh dear, it was a a sudden downpour. Race had to be red flagged and restarted due to the sudden rain hitting Misano for race one when they eventually did come back. Um, Alex Lowe's took the early initiative. And then crashed from the lead. Oh, Alex. God damn it. God damn it, Alex. No fun. Jonathan Ray would go on to win. Um, race one, Alvaro Bautista took the sprint race on a dry Sunday morning um, over Jonathan Ray, who actually... Well, Jonathan Ray was going to finish in second. He did a Marquez. He crashed at the turn 10, slow double apex right-hander. And... I don't know if everyone remembers the Marquez crash from the same track about five years ago when he lit the whole bike just slid out from underneath him and he refuses to let go. <laughs> oh, that was bait. That's basically what Jonathan Ray did. <laughs> he went full Marquez. He, the, the front is gone. He can't save it. Like he held on to the, to the bike so strong. He actually flips the whole bike over. And he's landing on his back. That's how much he refused to let go of the damn thing. It was uh, ridiculous. Amazingly, the bike was still in one piece and he was able to continue. And he only lost about five, six seconds. I, I, I don't know how that happened. Like, Find the highlights on, I, I believe it's on uh, Eurosport's Twitter account. Because they obviously have the rights here in the UK. I'm going to see really quick if I can find it. Give me a second here, fellas. I know people in the Discord are asking. Um, get rid of the African Cup. There's a lot of African Cup of Nations. Bear with me here, folks. But no, like I said, it was it was a very bizarre, bizarre incident. And but it worked. Um, and Ray was able to continue. 
Um, and yeah, he finished in fifth place in the end. It was a it was a very very bizarre thing. Hang on, I will. Uh, Show the boys this. It's in the Discord chat. I, I don't know if Eurosport actually works, um, if, if it's geo-blocked anywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, if you want to see the video, it's in the Discord now. Um, uh, shout out to our man, Greg Haynes, on commentary for Eurosport, our friend and yours. Um, I, I would say, boys, fast forward to, like, the 45-second mark, and you can see the onboard from the rear camera. Um... Like, slide, slides, it's gone, and then it's like the whole thing just flips up. It's bizarre. I, and he's able just to keep going. But uh, apparently is region lock, which is a bastard. Sorry about that, guys. Anyone got NordVPN? They, they, they sponsor, like, every YouTuber Sponsor us, NordVPN. <laughs> We're a good fit for your brand, honestly. We never put Geolock stuff in our Discord server. Honest. Um, as Cam mentioned as well, there's one key name I've not mentioned, Michael Vandermark as well, who had a horrendous oh, high side. Um, a, a awful high side um, coming through the fast right-handers at Misano. Cam put a picture in the Discord server. Um, there is a phrase that I think David Emmett used to sum it up uh, at Moto Matters. He's one of the best bike journos in the business. And he had an excellent quote where... It was a Douglas Adams bot where it was, flying is learning how to throw yourself at the ground and miss. <laughs> and that just about sums it up. Um, so yeah, it was a horrendous high side. He had to go to hospital. Um, thankfully, the ribs that he thought were broken were only bruised, but he has broken his wrist. He had an operation um, on that today. Um, he is on the mend. He's hoping to be fit for Donington in a couple of weeks' time. He had a concussion as well. Get well soon, Michael Vandermark, because that was a horrendous, horrendous high side. Um, thankfully, um, relatively okay, and I hope he will make it back for Donington on that one. Uh, race 2, drama! Drama in race 2 on Sunday afternoon is... Alvaro Bautista binned it from the lead again. Oh, no. <laughs> Bautista bins it from the lead, crashes early on, and it becomes quickly a two-horse race between two Kawasaki's. One of them, not you, or who are you expecting? Jonathan Ray at the front in a battle with top rack Razgatioglu for the uh, Pacini, the second Kawasaki satellite team. And they had a brilliant fight for the win. Again, if you've not seen it on Eurosport, the final lap is up there in full on their Twitter account if it's not region locked. Um, go out of your way to see it. It was a brilliant last lap showdown between Jonathan and top rack. Jonathan getting the W in the end. Um, it was a nice moment because Jonathan kind of mentors Top Rack to a degree, a little bit him, um, and the obviously the five-time World Team Sport champion, Kieran Sofogolo, who also uh, mentors him as well. It's a nice pair of mentors, if you do, if I do say so myself. Phrasing. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, our boy Keenan and Jonathan are both back in them and uh yeah top rack coming through nicely a career high imagine his career high from donington last year a second place um for him in race two a brilliant dog fight and the hugs all round in the back um between uh master and disciple um on that one a brilliant fight and after all of this Rautista leads everything but only by 16 points now over jonathan ray so for all the talk about Bautista, who's won 12 races this season already only a 16 point lead 
Batista's going to have to be a bit careful. He's making a bit of a holix of this, just to say yeah. the least. All it and took for uh, Batista was for him to fall twice, and because Jonathan Ray has been finishing top five every single round, yeah, mm-hmm. it's allowed him to catch up back that that quick. I don't know how he does it. People forget it's the one ace in the hole about Jonathan Ray that people don't mention. He very rarely makes mistakes. That sprint race was, was a rare was a rare error from Jonathan, and... He doesn't normally have those sorts of days. He will score consistent points every weekend. You need to be virtually perfect to beat him. And I think Bautista, I think, might be starting to realise that. But hey, his missus, his wife is expecting. So congrats to Alvaro on that one. I, I saw the helmet the helmet over the chest celebration. I thought it was quite a nice little tribute when he won race one. Uh, or sorry, run the sprint race, I should say, sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely a entertaining Superbikes around, especially race two. Go out of your way to see that. Um, if you haven't seen the Supersport race, go do that as well, because Randy Krimenaka, the former Moto2 star, and uh, his teammate Federico Kakuzuna had another brilliant fight. And shout out to our friend and yours, the lovely Anna Carrasco, who won in World Supersport 300 as well, to become the all-time wins leader in World Supersport 300 in its in its season and a half history. Her third top... I think it's her third, is it her fourth? I think it's her fourth top flight victory in World Supersport. So good for yes. her too uh, um, on that one. Again, more hugs all round because Jonathan Ray mentors her too, um, which is awesome. So yay, Anna Carrasco, everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I love that RJ put in the Discord the, t- the epic 2002 Superbike Championship page where it was the epic a- Edwards versus Bayless title fight, uh, which... Uh, Rings a lot of bells. It, we could be seeing history repeat itself on that front. Because, uh, boy, those two are very, very fast indeed. But, uh, yeah, check out all the Super Sports stuff as always. Great weekend, the World Bikes at Misano. Got a little bit of everything. And uh, was uh, very, very fun to watch indeed. I'll take a quick break to catch my breath back. And after this other musical interview, we'll be back to talk about Formula E and Burn. And we'll get into the news and talk about next week's stuff as well. RJ, talk to me about what happened in Switzerland. Well, I think you could say that... um... When it comes to uh, to Formula E, um, John Eric uh, really burned everybody's chances <laughs> of ta- contending Boo. for the ta- here. Boo this man! I don't have a SoundCloud, but odd. Um, so we went to Bern, Bern, Switzerland. Again, we go to Switzerland for the first time for a major auto race in 60 years, and it'll be gone off the calendar next year. After just two years. Um, Hi, Felicia. Yep. That's pretty much how it goes. Um, pit lane. Pit Sorry. lane. Who, boy king, pit lane. Oh, I mean, does, does pit lane design really matter when your series doesn't have pit stops? If anyone's ever played Automobilista, do you know the Riberal Prado street yes. circuit in Sao Paulo? The pit lane's kind of like <laughs> yes, that, but worse. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember that game. Johnson remembers that game well. I'm sure he'll get the reference too. <laughs> that like, like for those because we are not a visual media, Margie, Could you briefly explain how it how it functions? Yeah, so ba- yeah, so basically, it's a pit lane that goes 
into around the perimeter of the track then cuts over way the fuck away from the racing line and then loops back around and it's like a it's like one car width wide at that oh dear and that's before we even get to the start of the weekend um the shakedown on Friday had to be delayed because the track wasn't ready yet. How? Uh, How does that happen? So no, it couldn't have been because of. Was it because of local protesters or was it? There were protests, but that wasn't the reason why the shakedown was delayed. Uh, there will be. I, I I know that there will be charges filed against protesters for uh, cutting cables to you know. Uh, Electrical generators and TV broadcast oh, lines. Damn, that's brutal. I know a lot of people were, were protesting. Yeah, this it wasn't race it, taking place. It was like a thousand people, which some literally some people. Yeah, it's it's in some senses a lot of people. In other senses, not really a lot. Enough to damage some generators though, and uh, knock some cameras out for a bit. Like, if you oh, watch dear. the race, uh, if you see any of the, you know, the track walls it, that look like they're poorly painted, no protesters tore the ads off the walls. Switzerland really is a great big tall glass of fuck motorsport, isn't it? <laughs> Just, like, jeez! And that's, uh, and oh, that, of dear, course, right is there. before we got to, uh, before we got to the first lap of the race. Oh boy! <laughs> Before we even got to the first corner of the race, we're talking eight car pileups. Oh, oh no! So the race start happens. Uh, the race start happens not at turn one, but a chicane on track. And who ends up? Pascal Verline ends up going around and pretty much blocks off the entire chicane, barred escape road on the inside. And next thing you know, there's eight cars in the fence. Right. There are eight cars in the fence, and there is a long red flag. Uh, during which we had some uh, <laughs> some some heated words said. Yes, because... I didn't see this. What happened? <laughs> so, what had happened was, the one way through, the escape road... Uh, a number of drivers, I believe eight drivers, ended up going down the escape road. But it's important that the first person through the escape road was one Lucas Degrassi. <laughs> oh. So Degrassi ends up making, I believe, eight positions from the start. So he goes he goes from, I believe, 11th to 4th due to shenanigans. Of course. But there are arguments between Degrassi... And the race director. Other drivers become involved later on, but largely it's due to the starting order when the race is restarted. Because as as in the FIA rules, um, the race order for any red flag restart is determined by uh, the last timing loop where all the cars were recorded going through. Right. So... Uh, if you if you watch the video of it, uh, Degrassi argues that it should be a timing loop after the chicane had happened. So either the the first corner of the race or uh, the the finish line when they all when they all have to you know go around the track to return the pit lane. But mm-hmm. 
it is important to know that three cars could not make the trip around the track to return to pit lane, so all cars were not recorded going through that timing loop. So therefore, that timing loop doesn't count for in terms of positioning the grid for a restart. Yes, so the FIA rule that uh, it'll be the starting the, the starting order for the restart will be the grid order. Yeah, they didn't go for a timing. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> But obviously, a number of drivers who gained a significant amount of positions were upset about this, mainly title contender Lucas Agrassi, also Felipe Massa. Uh, and if you see the, they literally have a face-to-face argument with the race director in front of a hard camera. Antonio Felix Sacasa was caught up in this, as I recall. Yes, and uh, I think... A wild John Eric Vern appeared, the camera follows Jeb, and then Jeb goes over to have a conversation with Buemi, two drivers who were completely unaffected by the situation. Buemi's laughing right. his face off. <laughs> <laughs> Buemi does not care. <laughs> but I think, I think Buemi was just saying in his head to Lucas, that's how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Dear, uh, like as you can see, we are we our hearts clearly bleed for this. Um, <laughs> we bleed for his championship title hopes. Well, it's like, some ready. will think of the private sector. Uh but it's like rules are rules. Uh, this is like this is not like some vague rule that no one's ever heard of before. We've all seen red flags, and we've all seen red flag restarts. It's like that's that's exactly my point. I was like. <laughs> Okay, you had a red flag off the opening corner. That's very straightforward. It's like, okay, you just reform the grid and you go again. So I don't know what on earth Lucas was arguing so about. So, like- the argument, well, I think the the crux to having a good argument about this was the fact that uh, the red flag didn't come out immediately when the pileup started. The red flag came out after he and I think a handful of guys actually had gone down the escape road around the pileup. But, it, again, not all the cars made it around anyway, so... Yeah, Friends was the only driver who retired as a result of the incident. Yep. So Friends retired. Uh, Friends, yeah, Friends had to be retired. Uh... Pascal Verlein's car had to be physically moved by a crane, I believe, to to get it around the right way to return. Uh, it like yeah, not all the cars were able to make it through the timing loop, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Sorry, Lucas. Them's the rules. To think that that spoiled a great race? No, it did not. Because once we got going again, John Eric Vern had the lead, but he had a threat from behind. He was ready to pop his collars and slam that bing bong ball upon the beer table. Mitch Bruff! (laughs) (laughs) Mitch Bruff! Our beloved free-to-play Mitch Evans. He doesn't like your premium currency for your mobile <laughs> games or what have you. He was here all over John Eric Vern pretty much for the entire rest of the 45 minutes. Um, trying to find a way around Jeff and he f- could not do it. Um, and I, I love that Mitch was actually kind of salty about this after the race. When he said, the only thing that saved him was where the attack mode was. Because <laughs> was the attack mode, you lost very little time by going into the attack mode zone, if any at all. Yeah. And apparently that's what saved Vern's bacon. Um, 
I mean, it was a fantastic fight. It really was. I mean, like, Vern under extreme pressure the entire way through. And by the end, it was a four-car train of of Jev, Lucas, Mitch, and I believe it was Andre Lotterer as well at the back of that oh group. Oh, my God. Um, Andre Lotterer. <laughs> Tommy Morking. Oh, Andre Lotterer's fight through the field was incredible where he was pulling off around the outside passes on people he had none of it from sam bird he was on a charge to try to 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 try to get on the podium oh it was it was a hell of an effort it really was um lotera was absolutely on fire and like 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 I find it amazing. The hard camera got one of the bird outside overtakes, but like Lotterer was racking them up for fun, <laughs> like he was collecting dog tags in Call of Duty. It was just, it was ridiculous. Um, that T-Cheater is quick, and Lotterer was a man on the rampage. It was like playing Halo again, where you just get all the medals racking up. It was just like double kill, <laughs> triple kill, Kilimanjaro, killing spree, running, right. <laughs> I do that voice way too well. Um, yeah, so as Vern and Evans were exchanging haymakers all, all day and the skies were starting to open up, remember oh, this no. becomes important later, Sebastian Buemi feels like he has a shot that, hey, if Vern or Evans mess up, I could take the win in this race in my home E-Prix and end that winless drought. Or Andre, Lover, or Andre Lauderer could pull off the most improbable comeback of the season. Uh, and then, man... It's like, is that is that lens flare? N- no, that's not a lens flare. That's rain on the camera. It starts pissing it down. <laughs> it starts pouring. It, 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 yeah, it chucked it down real quick. It, it went from a dry race to a wet race in about three minutes. Uh, very quickly. Thankfully, remember, this is all weather tires in Formula E. Um, they're a jack of all trades, and it got very, very slippery out there. We know these cars have instantaneous torque. At over 300 horsepower by modern standards. Imagine putting your foot down in the wet round here on these uber tight corners. Um, <laughs> I don't, env- I don't envy Jeff. Like that's uh, that's some wild shit <laughs> to say the least. Um, but Jeff was able to hold on. He beat Mitch Evans over the line by just a tenth of a second in the end um, with Sebastian Buemi in third, just a, a couple of car lengths further behind. The first time in Formula E history that the top three on the grid finished as the top three. Only took us basically five and a half seasons for us to get wow, to this point. Wow, Formula E is so boring and routine these days. Yeah, but I believe that John-Eric Vern was a fastest lap away from Formula E's first ever Grand Slam. Unbelievable. Wow. That fastest lap would go to Antonio Felix da Costa. But because he wasn't in the top 10, no bonus Bird points. Up. Bird up. Bad luck, son. <laughs> Bird <laughs> so Bird got the bonus point instead because he was second and he was in the top 10. Bad luck, slugger. Better luck next time. But, uh, King, what happened to our beloved Lotterer after the race was finished? Oh. Uh. Are you, talk- are you talking about. Off the track or on the track? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, it was determined that uh, Andre Lauderer had ignored the pit light at sit. Um, he was given a drive through penalty after the race, which was converted to a 22-second time penalty, dropping him from fourth on the road to 14th and losing him all 12 of his points. Yep. 
And up until that point, Lotterer was actually second in the Drivers' Championship. Spoiler alert, he's now fourth in the Drivers' Championship, and, well, it's gonna take a miracle for him to take the title off his teammate now, basically. Um, We'll get to that very briefly, but... uh, Yes, uh, in giant capital letters because formerly he was hyping it up. 16 drivers were still eligible to win the championship going into this race. Basically, three quarters of the field. It is now eight. There are still eight men who can win this title on the final day in New York. Um, So we'll get to that very briefly in a minute. But uh, a very, very fun Formula E race. Um, And here's the full standings uh, and, of course, the full results as well from uh, Burn as well. Jev winning by point one over Mitch Evans. He had started from pole, as mentioned, so he gets the bonus three points there. So 28 uh, for Jev on, on the day. Mitch with 18 points. Free to play. Bruh. You can buy some currency with those 18 points. Uh, <laughs> Buemi with 15 in third. Sam Berg got the fastest lap bonus for being in the top 10, so he gets 13 points for fourth. Max Gunther in fifth for the Dragon yes. Team. Yay! Matches his best results. Nice to see Max back up there again in the top five. Daniel Apt in sixth for the court jester himself. Alex Lynn in seventh for the Best Dragon. finish with nice the team. for him on his return. Very nice to see for Alex, um, Alex there. Felipe Massa in 8th for Venturi. Apparently he's still arguing about that restart. Um, Lucas Degrassi in ninth in the end. And you can probably see that second title drifting away um, after that. Uh, not getting all those pictures off the start line. Poor fella. Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn rounding off the points for HWA in 10th of Alex Sims. Felix da Costa, Jerome D'Ambrosio, Lottery got demoted to 14th after the drive-through penalty was converted. Dillman in 15th, Oliver Turvey in 16th ahead of Gary Paffett, Jose Maria Lopez, Jose Lopez, Roland Verline had a technical problem, Ortara and Frins all did not see the flag um, on that occasion. Right, the eight men who were eligible to win the championship are Daniel Apt with 75 points. Sebastian Buemi with 76 points. Robin Frins with 81 points. Antonio Felix da Costa on 82. Andre Lotterer on 86. Mitch Evans, who's now in the top three, on 87. Lucas Degrassi on 98. And now with a 32-point lead, John Eric Verne leads the way after three straight podiums and two wins in the last three races. It looks like Vern has one hand on the title already with a 32-point lead. But there is still, I want to say, 58 points available in New York, King? Yes, 58 points available. Yep, 58. So as I said, any of those eight men I've just mentioned are still eligible to win the title at New York. Although, as much as it's hype and it makes for great tweets and marketing gimmicks... Let's be real here. It would take a lot for Jev not to win this one now. Yeah, I would say <laughs> the people who are realistically eligible, it's it's down to two. It's John Eric Vern, Lucas Agrassi. Maybe, maybe if you're third in the drivers, you, you have a chance, but it's... Mitch needs a win in race one yeah. to have any no, Most important, Most would, importantly, Vern needs to melt down. Yep, he needs to have a Montreal-esque meltdown. 
And I don't think that's Vern's game. I, like, especially given he'll have a break after doing that back-to-back with Le Mans the previous weekend. Um, team standings real quick. T-Cheetah have a 43-point lead over Ali Sport at Scheffler. Um, so T-Cheetah looking for the team's title as well, which I want to say, King, would that be the first time an independence won the Constructors title? Well, they're not independent anymore, so... <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they, they were last year. My bad. Um, yeah, Ali Sport Scheffler in second on 173. Envision in third on 150. Um, Nissan on 139. Mahindra on 117. BMW 106. Jaguar 98. Venturi 88. And then a big way back to HWA on 39. Dragon on 23. And the NIO team on 6. The grand finale. Of the Formula E Season Six Championship in New York, very very July soon. was it, July thirteenth and fourteenth. Be there, Ryan yeah. Eric King will. <laughs> and if and if that's not an appealing enough thing for you in season five, then I don't know what is. Quite frankly, <laughs> the final round, New York, July fourteenth and 13th and 14th be there should be fun we'll be there to cover it King will actually be there in person to cover it which will be awesome representing us yeah. over to Sport 101 that's awesome well we, 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 we have journals it's awesome <laughs> and 101 represents yeah. we love it and we it. can also claim Hazel as one of ours as well let's be real <laughs> technically <laughs> we're not paying though it's kind of the problem we can't really claim that well one. we're not paying King for this <laughs> this, is, this is a labor of love that's yeah, also true <laughs> that's that's also true. Sorry, King. Checks in the mail. Um, <laughs> Should we quickly break down some of the news that we didn't mention earlier? Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, the Nurburgring 24 hour happened. In case you weren't sleep deprived from Blah Blah, here are the things that happened. Audi Sport Team Phoenix won the race. Mathai Racing's Porsche had two very notable moments. First, Kevin Astor made a pass down the Dottinger Ho, that's the long, long, long straightaway near the end of the Nordschleife lap. For those of you who don't know, you know the one. He dipped two wheels out of the grass and made a pass for the lead. The second thing, Lawrence Vanthor got tagged for going 170 in a 120 mile an hour slow zone and was handed a five minute time penalty. Now, Lawrence Vanthor has said that this was that was a silly mistake on his part and it cost the team the win and everybody was supportive. However, some onboard footage reveals that Lawrence Vanthor might have also been shown a green flag in the slow zone before realizing that there were waved yellows. Kind of like what happened with Vettel in 2012 at Brazil. Cam is not taking this well. We were, I was actually worried that he wouldn't be here. He was that upset about it. They were waving both oh, greens damn. and yellows in a yellow zone. Yeah, so I'm sorry. How on earth is that the team's fault? Yeah, no, and Lawrence took the blame for it himself. That's, that's just unfair because... As I remember how much of a stink Fernando Alonso put up over the 2012 season finale um, in Brazil, where they said that Vettel may have passed a car under a yellow mm. flag, but then they realized there was a green flag waved in the area before he made the pass. And the rule is flags supersede lights, um, and therefore Vettel's pass was legal. 
this seems like a similar scenario here. And if he's being waved green flags, why the hell would you not go at full racing speed? <laughs> yeah, like, I wish I could give you a reason, but I don't know uh, the rules in the VLN. Sigh. Big yeah. sigh. Van, uh, they said, that Vanthra said he didn't see the yellow flags as he was coming in. Um, and they also had a broken window radio that hindered their communication. All I know is it's oh, it's bugger. it's a terrible break for Porsche. It's a good break for Audi, and also most importantly, the Opel Manta, the Fotstale Opel Manta Group B car, which has been running around here for about thirty years because it's a thirty-year-old car. It crashed, but several teams helped rebuild it, and it finished the race. And that's the most important thing. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Very, very much so. And shout out to uh, King's favorite driver, Chatters. Yes. She won yes, a class. Yes, Jamie Chadwick yes. won her class in an Aston Martin GT Vantage. Nice. Yeah, she won He's her down. class SP8C in a in an Aston Martin Vantage alongside, I believe, Alex Brundle. I don't yes. remember who the third. The Brundle with is. good takes. <laughs> the Brundle with good takes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> This is a very specific club. <laughs> but, uh, yes, um, shout out to Chatters um, on that one as well, which is always cool to see. We like Chatters on this show. But, yes, no Birmingham 24. I know everyone in this Discord was loving that and, and voice chatting that up as it was going on. Um, so, yeah, that's awesome. Good to see. Super Formula happened at Sportsland Sugo, as made famous in Project Cars 2. Naoki Yamamoto broke out the belt. He won pole position, and then he pretty much <laughs> led every lap from start to finish, uh, cruising to his first <laughs> win of the season, back-to-back wins at Sugo, and now an 11-point lead over second-place uh, Nick Cassidy in the championship standings. I believe that would be with... Uh, and shout-outs as well to Lucas Auer picking up the BMATS Motorsport with Moto Park's first podium in their third season of competition. Yes, the hour is now. <laughs> also, should I shout this out that this was during a race and where Dan Tickham and Artem Markalov were scrapping it out for 19th place out of 20 cars. Man. <laughs> Kamui Kobayashi made up the rest of the podium in second place and Kaz Nakajima, fresh off of his Le Mans victory, finished outside the points in 10th. Uh, though by l- looking at him pre-race, you wouldn't say fresh off of his Lamar. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Whew. Week ahead, everybody. Um, like I said, the main event for me, as far as I'm concerned, MotoGP. That's not a fucking ass and week. You... <laughs> oh, it's God. not on a Saturday, but it's gonna feel like Saturday night all fucking day. <laughs> oh Lord. If you have not seen last year's Assen race, go out of your way to see it. It is one of the best MotoGP races of all time. I say this with no hesitation. It was a classic. You had Lorenzo, you had Rossi French kissing the back of Lorenzo's bike at 150 miles an hour, and somehow they both stayed on. Um, There was about eight different leaders. There was a leading group of six. It was a ding-dong war all the way from lights to flag with over and overtake. I think it was like 60-plus overtakes for the lead in a 28-lap race. It was an unbelievable race you need to go out of your way to see. Assen has a knack of being somewhat of an equaliser. And if you have not seen 
MotoGP at Assen. You will not regret it. It will most likely be a fantastic race. Go out of your way to see it. Mark Marquez defending his crown from last year. Go out of your way to see it. It will be awesome. Also, Formula 1, 2 and 3 are in Austria. That's a thing. Yeah. Can't be any worse than last week, right? <laughs> right. right. Um, we've also got, for you sports car heads out there, Super GT's going to Thailand at Bury Rim, and IMSA's going Ooh. to the six hours of the Watkins Glen. The six hours of the Glen. At what? Bury Rim's a great yeah, track. Yeah, Bury Rim's a great track. Watkins Glen's a great track. If you have time to fit those in your calendar, please do so. Awesome, awesome. Go out of your way to check all of that awesome motorsport out. We're going to get out of town here, everybody. Woo! Told you we'd go under two hours, King. I told you. Just for once, I got a time prediction right. Go me. We're not here for three hours. Amazing. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Places you can find us real quick. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Be there Tuesday, July 2nd for the live recording of episode 200 and our all-timed 30 British list. summertime, 9.30 Central European summertime, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 12.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It shall be awesome. Be there. Me, RJ King, guests, lively chat. Who knows? It'll be a fun time for all involved. Be there for episode 200 of Motorsport 101. Um, again, I do not know how we got to this point from what was a school university project, but here we are. 200 shows in the books. Very nearly. Dear Lord. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter. Uh, at motorsport underscore 101 our personal handles at Ryan Eric King at Harrison 101 HD at RJ O'Connell um, again all our details can be on our website as well motorsport101.com including the new blog from yours truly with a bunch of hot takes regarding France and Road America no that's literally what the, what the article is called like I didn't even make any of that up it's literally what I named it I, I couldn't think of a good name um, so go read that as well if you like more stuff about varying degrees of dominant races and if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows. $10 gets you into the supporters club of our Discord server, where you can listen to these shows live as they go out. Special thanks to the entire Discord for tuning in. All of you guys still in here. Hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in. And of course, if you can, link in the description Please donate to Connor's fundraiser if you can already. Please, please, please. Anything you can spare or at least signal boost will be very, very greatly appreciated. Thank you all so much for that. I've been Andre Harrison. They've been Ryan King and RJ O'Connell. We'll see you on Tuesday, July 2nd for the 200th episode of Motorsport 101. Can't wait. Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. This is the part where we normally have a post-episode joke, don't we? Dude, France, I don't even think we have the energy. That's it. That's the joke. The 2019 <laughs> French Grand Prix is the joke. Yeah. That, 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 that'll do it. <laughs>